Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Linda, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? Welcome. Thank you for taking my call. So I have a question about a bathroom faucet. I think it's Delta, but I don't see Delta on the part that I can see, but it's leaking water around the handle. When I turn the water on, it leaks water onto the sink. Okay. Um, and I got a flashlight today because it, the way it, the medicine cabinet is a glass medicine cabinet. It's kind of built out over it a little bit, kind of hard, kind of dark to yeah. see. But I could see how water was running out of that nothing is loose it has a strange design yeah but i you know nothing is loose so is what does a, that mean is it a what single do i need handle? to do i'm sorry is it a single handle or do you have two handles no no two handles okay hot and cold yep uh and it's coming from the hot side what's going to have to happen is it's going to have to be rebuilt and basically they'll remove the handle and there's a stem that goes down into it that you can remove and I guarantee you there's a washer or an O-ring in there that's uh, gone bad. So it's just letting okay. water leak by it. Okay. Um, would that account for water that might leak under the sink as well? Absolutely. All and, right. All and this right. is something you Thank will want to get taken care of because uh, if you leave it go too long, you know, there's only a couple of, of washers and O-rings in there. One of them obviously is already bad, and if you lose a couple more, it'll just start leaking water all the time. Yeah. All right. All right. I thank you very much for your You're help. You're welcome. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of those things where uh, if you can take the handle off, and usually it's just a, a little screw on the back side of the handle that you loosen up, the handle faucet will come off then you'll see the stem sticking up that the handle is hooked to. Usually around that is a a nut that you can loosen up and take the whole stem out. Sometimes it does require a puller in order to do it. And if that's the case, uh, you can either go buy the tool or just have a plumber come in and do it. But usually rebuilding the the O-rings and stuff in the faucet, unless you have experience doing home improvement stuff i would typically tell you just call a plumber and let them take care of it for you otherwise like i said you know once you get the stem out it's very easy to rebuild it and put it back together again let's head over to fort worth hello carrie hi how are you today i have i'm frustrated (laughs) okay i trying to put a floor in the attic come to find out there um the joists are two by tens, but all the lines, all the electrical runs above the joists. Yep. And then they have some two by fours in the sort of in the middle or on the side that run the length perpendicular to the joists, uh-huh. as well as two by sixes on either side, eight feet apart. How can I put a floor in there with all the electrical on the joists? Do I need to put another two by six up there 
or what do I do? I can't cut notches for the electrical because the bundle is huge, yeah. maybe 30, 30 wires, 20, 20 to 30 wires. Okay. And what are you going to do? Are you just wanting to put attic storage up there? Right. Or are you trying to build a sec- another room up no, there? No, it's just just for storage. Okay. Then normally what you would do is you can either take 2x4s or 2x6s, whatever you want, and lay them across the 2x10s that are up there and then put your decking on top of that. So... So that they, just they all, that, ra- all... that raises it raises it up enough that the wires are underneath it then. But I can't. I don't understand. Okay. So they're going to run vertic. They're going to run horizontal with a uh, line with a joist. No, run them across the joist like a checkerboard. So that they're sitting on top of the joist instead of instead of the same direction as the joist. But how do I put the wires through there? Because all the wires are on top of the joists. Right. You just leave the wires on top of the joists because they're they're not crossing everywhere. They're just you know the wire just crosses in a spot, and so if you put a it's, two by four diagonal. or two by six, correct. But if you just put it two runs... by fours across, it doesn't have to necessarily stay in oh, a straight line all the way across. All you're doing is furring it up to allow the wires to go over the top of the 2x10s and not have to get crushed by the decking that you put up by there. By the flooring. Yeah. Okay, I understand. So now, they're going to run... Make sure you tack those in up there. Don't don't just lay them. Go ahead and you know nail it down into the top of the 2x10s so they don't slide around on you. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. I had an email come in from Patricia, and I, I found this one rather interesting because you know people do run into this type of problem. It says, hi, Jim. I will need to replace my AC soon. Currently, the air handler is at the far end of my attic, and the roof is low. Reaching the equipment means a long crawl from the garage access. Moving it will necessitate new ductwork and electrical work. Is moving it for better access worth the cost? What is the best kind of ductwork, flex or combination of metal and flex? How many years does the ductwork typically last? I need more insulation. Should I add it before moving the air handler and redoing the ductwork or after? And are two-stage compressors worth the extra cost? Love your show. Sorry I can't call in today with these questions. Well, Patricia, I would move it. The The unit was more than likely put up uh, before the sheetrock and everything was there. So the AC guys had easy access. But if it's a low head and they got to drag that unit all the way across, you know, every time that you have to have one serviced or changed out that way, uh, you're paying a little extra just because of access problems. So why not just go ahead and move it and be done with it? As far as how long does the ductwork last? You know, usually your ductwork's going to be good for 20 years anyways, plus. I mean, uh, 
it just depends on if anything happened to it to damage it, usually. Uh, as far as uh, flex or combination of metal and flex, there's nothing wrong with the flex ductwork. It does very well as long as it's not into a kink type position where you know it chokes off airflow and uh, it's going to last a long time now some areas are starting to want hard duct again that's being fought by the ac companies because it doesn't add to the airflow that much but it does add to the cost tremendously and uh, as far as needing more insulation move the ac first then have the added insulation put in but do make sure you tell the AC company when they're doing their load calculations, which they better be doing. If they're not doing a load calculation, get another company because that's how they decide exactly what size air conditioner to put in is through the load calculations. Uh, I would let them know that, hey, after you move the unit, we're going to add X amount of insulation. And as far as a two-stage compressor being worth the extra cost, you know, typically it actually is because it saves you on your energy bills the entire time that you have this AC unit. So if you're going to stay in the home, yes, it's worth it. If you're just going to sell the home in a year or two, I would say no, it's not worth it then. Holly, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How about you? Pretty good. I'm enjoying the weather. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a question about a tree that is growing right up beside my house. I mean, literally inches off of my foundation. Um, it's just a trash tree. A bird, you know, dropped some seeds there or whatever, and it just started growing. I was wondering what damage would it possibly do to my foundation and the edge of my roof? A lot. Uh, how big a tree is it right now? Oh, it's probably about twenty feet high and only three or four inches across it on the trunk. It's not a it's not a huge growing tree. Okay. When a tree is that is it touching the foundation yet? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's roots under it and everything. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're underneath it. I mean, a, a twenty foot tree, if it's five ten foot away from the house, it's going to have roots under the foundation. Uh, but when it's that close to where it starts touching the foundation, a lot of times what will happen as the tree grows, yes, the trunk will grow around the foundation, but it'll also start lifting that foundation up, and it, it'll create havoc for you uh, because you can't make the foundation go back down. You end up picking yeah. the whole rest of the house up to match the high spot. Oh, okay. Uh, and as far as what will it do to the roof, when we're having good weather, nothing. But as that tree grows and it gets closer to the eaves and stuff, and it starts swaying in the wind, it, it'll start damaging your soffits and stuff as well. Okay. It needs to come out. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help today. All righty. Take, Thank take you. care. Bye-bye. Yeah, sometimes we just have to cut them down. Tim? You doing all right today? Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. Wonderful. I've got a question. I built my house uh, about 39 years ago, and um, the uh, air conditioning contractor, when he installed the unit in the attic, it was uh, the roof slopes in a in a direction that kind of limits the space up there. But for some reason, he said that I had to lower the 
ceiling level in the closet area in order to create a uh, uh, a return air condition that wasn't available without doing that. And I'm curious, is that would that be necessary? It it could be. Uh, if if the if the space wasn't large enough to run the right size ducts through it, then sometimes you do have to drop down into the living space in order to gain more inches. Um, And just as an example, if you take, say you need a a 12-inch return. Well, it's really not 12-inch space that you need because that's going to have insulation around it and everything. And so you end up needing space for a 16-inch ductwork to run through it. And so then okay. that's that's where they that's where the AC guys run into issues sometimes. And, yes, and even even more so now that we're having to retrofit older homes, uh, you, you can get into a house that was say built in the '60s and the ductwork only had a, a an R of, you know six on it, and now they're, they're requiring R nine, and the same the duct won't fit through the same holes that it once was in. Uh, okay. So there's no way to uh, to raise that up. I was uh, selling my home to my son, and, and they didn't like the closet space because it didn't have enough height in it. And so they thought, well, maybe we can get a new different contractor to change that. Now, is there any alternative to that if, if that was the way it was done initially? Oh, there usually is because usually contractors are going to take the easiest route rather than you know the route yeah. that – so yeah, there probably is another way to do it. Uh, I'm just not there to see it to to be able yeah. to say, hey, let's let's take it this way. But uh, in general, I would answer yes. There usually is. Let's head to Friendswood. Hello, Ben. Jim, how you doing this afternoon, sir? I, I'm doing great. How about you? Awesome. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you guys for having a show that helps a lot of people too. I I uh, think there ought to be more of those around. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank My you. question today, I've got two quick questions. Number one, foundation, conventional, reinforced, when is out of level, out of level, and when are you getting t- sold a, a bill of goods from a foundation leveling company? Typically, it's out of level when it starts bothering you. You know, if you're if you're seeing cracks and... And doors out of alignment, and it's and you feel the floor sloping, and it's bothering you. That's when it's time to fix it. Uh, gotcha. Now, on occasion, especially on newer slabs, they can be rigid enough that the whole house will tilt, and it can tilt six, eight inches even. And you feel the sloping floors and everything, but all the doors are still in alignment, no cracks, no no cosmetic damage. And that's just because the slab is so rigid, the whole thing is tilting and not causing any any uh, structural or any cosmetic damage. Most foundation problems occur because the slab itself is flexible, and so we see the cosmetic mm-hmm. damage uh, relatively quick. Well, that's precisely the former situation you described where the slab's moving on a, what appears to be a rigid or well-engineered plane. Um, okay. It was well designed and professionally designed, and it is moving on a plane. And I've got some tilt, you know, four, four inches across a very large area, and it's 
It is technically out of level, but it's not bothersome. There's no functionality issues, doors, cracks, any of that. And sure. when I had it measured um, by an unnamed foundation specialist company, of course, it had a you know, $130,000 price tag and told me it was out of level. But uh, my suspicions were, um, you know, that kind of money was extravagant. And, yes, you know, all buildings move. They're just designed to hopefully move in a given plane and not have the, like you said, differential movement in different parts of it. Yeah, the but differential for, movement uh, is typically what's the yeah. killer. Now, I will tell you, if 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 you got a full tilt of four inches, uh, most, if you ever go to sell the house, most inspectors are going to pick up on that, and it, it will be an issue. Yeah. That's right. Well, I may, uh, I may have to address um, what, what that is. It was just an extravagant um, cost. To oh yeah, something like that. That, that um, you know, uh, may or may not be uh, an impairment. I have no plan on selling the house anytime soon. Yeah, no plan but, on selling. I wouldn't uh, worry about it as long as it don't bother you. Absolutely. My last question. Thank you very much for for that um, information. My last question is a very quick one, but your your thoughts and opinions on the UV uh, AC plenum UV light installation for purification and antiviral okay. um, type uh, type system. Just looking at, at using those um, in some different places and wondering what you thought about those UV light. You know, they they are very effective as far as killing viruses. Uh, the UV light manufacturers are still in the process of testing it for COVID. So a lot of people have been questioning whether they can uh, install those and and uh, not have to worry about COVID in their homes and businesses and stuff. And the ones that go in the AC system have not been cleared for COVID yet. So, uh, gotcha. but do they work for killing bacterias and germs and, and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely, they they actually do a actually a very good job of that. Uh, they do know that they can use them for sanitizing rooms and stuff. So the uh, thinking is that yes, the 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 ones that they can put in AC systems will more than likely work for COVID as well. But the the def, the manufacturers have not come out and said yes, you can use it for that. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that, that may be a while, uh, but at any rate, there's still a, a, a move in the right direction from a sanitary perspective. So yes, sounds like uh, that's that's worth it. Well, listen, I, y'all keep up the good work out there. I really appreciate your honesty and, uh, and and the platform of your program. You have a great day. Thank you, sir. You as well. We're gonna head out to Rosenberg. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. I had a little problem with my water heater today. Well, that's not good. Now, um, I have two water heaters, and my situation is I've got nobody to help me today, and I'm wondering, can I just uh, tie the two lines together and uh, and run my house off of one water heater? It doesn't appear to have that anything is set up to circulate the hot water or anything like that. So are the two water heaters side-by-side, side or are they separated? Side-by-side. Side. Okay. Uh, are they, by chance, running in in chain with each other, or each one does a se- separate area? 
I think each one does a separate area. One goes to the kitchen and one goes to the bathrooms. Okay. It just the supply line goes up, keys off, one goes to each water heater, and then one pipe heads the front of the house and one pipe heads the back. Okay. It's since it's since they are separate and going to separate areas. Yeah, there's no reason you can't disconnect from the one water heater and just hook everything up to the other. Okay, great. Perfect timing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. You have a good you day. You bet. Well, have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate it when you go into the store and they sell you a bunch of stuff to go home and work on, and then they say, have a good day. Do you see what yeah. I just bought? I'm not getting ready to have a good day. <laughs> I'm going to be in my attic. It's 1,000 degrees up there. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, Dave. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Mike, let's give it a try. Good afternoon. <laughs> hey, Jim. Um, a few years ago, I noticed a little bit of a lumping in my un- in, under my flooring. I had uh-huh. laminate, and then the, so we finally, after a few years, it kind of get kept getting a little bit worse and so i had a flooring the company that installed my flooring come out and they removed enough to get to get it off of there and sure enough there was a, a hump in the slab and so they just shaved it off and put it all back together and fixed my problem i'm and i'm afraid it may be starting to happen again uh it's right in the middle of my slab right in the middle of my house in my living okay. room or, how old a it, home it, is it how, what um, built in 87. Okay. So it can be a couple of things. One, it could it can be that you've got a sewer line leak if there's a line that's running through there. And it puts out enough moisture that the soil is expanding and causing a hump right in that area. Uh, the other thing it can be is a tree that has roots underneath the house. And it'll start creating a ball. Very rarely does this happen, but it literally can start lifting up the middle of a room that way. So typically when there's a hump, it's going to be one of those two items. And most of the time it's the water. Yeah, sewer, you'll want to get a static test. If you'll call Due West at 713-473-7156, they'd be able to uh, address that for you and take a look and tell you what's going on. Gary in Dallas, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hello, thank you. Uh, all of a sudden, the uh, hot water flow from my faucets has stopped. The cold water runs fine, and there is a beeping noise coming from my attic. So what's going on? Uh, you tank or tankless? Tankless. Oh, okay. Uh my guess is you've got a drip up there, and the automatic shutoff kicked in and shut the water flow off. It has a drip, you say? Yeah, you've got a leak. Oh, okay. And there's a sensor that if any water drips into um, the box, it it probably shut the water. It's got an automatic shutoff valve that kicked in, and that alar- that sound you're hearing is the alarm to let you know that, hey— we kicked in and it's off. Okay, so I need to call a plumber then. Yep. Yeah. Okie dokie. Okay. Thanks, thanks so much. Well, hope, hopefully it won't be too bad a leak. Yeah, yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Jim, All thanks right. a bunch. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 
Again, 214-787-1080. And honestly, that is one of the beautiful parts about a tankless water heater. Because if you have a tank-type water heater, if it gets a leak, if you got a 40-gallon tankless in the attic, you got 40 gallons of water that's going to leak out before that thing stops. When you have a tankless water heater, if it detects a leak, it shuts a valve off, and you don't even have a gallon dump out. You got hardly anything that comes out of there, and the valve shuts it off, and you're done. So you're not having all the major cleanup that you would have from a tank-type water heater. That's provided the tankless system you have has that shutoff valve on it. So that's something that if you're getting a uh, tankless put in, always ask about it. This came from Ian in Baytown. Many weeks ago, you had talked about the use of foam versus piles. You mentioned that you did not recommend the use of foam. Would you please explain why did not recommend the use of foam? The property is located in Richardson, Texas, near UT Dallas. Thank you. Well, here's why. If you think about what causes foundation problems, it's the moving soil. When it gets wet, it expands. When it dries out, it shrinks. So you go and put this foam underneath it. You lift the foundation up and say it's dry. The next time the soils get wet, it will pick the foundation up higher than you intended it to be. If you inject the foam when the soils are wet, the next time the soils dry out, it's going to still drop down. You haven't solved what's causing the problem. All you did is alleviate one of the symptoms. And understand, I have a foam truck. I love keeping my foam truck busy injecting foam. I'll do roads. I'll do driveways, sidewalks, patios, commercial buildings like warehouses, things like that. I won't do a residential house inside the living area just because of the problems that it causes. That needs to be addressed with underpinning, whether it is a concrete pile, a steel pile, drill piers, doesn't matter. That will do a better job than using foam in those areas because we've got far too much sheetrock on the walls and everything is just so close quartered in a home as compared to, say, an industrial building. And so every time something moves just a little bit, you get a new sheetrock crack where when you use piles or piers or whatever underpinning, you don't typically have that same movement issue. So that's that's my stance of, of where I'm coming from on that. Uh, and, and it's not that I dislike foam. I just won't use it on residential and don't recommend it on residential. This comes from Carl in Lantana. And he says, you probably know we had some houses burn in Lantana this week. Well, I do because I live in Double Oak, which is across the street from Lantana. Uh, what are your thoughts about lightning arresters systems and contractor recommendations? Well, they, there was four houses, my understanding is, that caught fire in Lantana from lightning strikes and uh, burned. Do I recommend lightning rods? Sure. I don't know anybody who puts them in, though, is, is the problem. Uh, you know, those houses, they're, they're within a mile, probably mile, mile and a half of my house. And any, any, anybody 
can get struck by lightning and the house catch fire. Now, what are your chances of it happening? Usually it's pretty darn slim, and it's one of the reasons that we don't have lightning rods as much as, as we used to. But, yes, if, if you're concerned about it, feel free to have one put on. They're, it's it's going to cost you. Last time I checked, I think it was a couple thousand dollars to get one put on to have it professionally put on because uh, you're not talking a, a, a little uh you know 12 gauge wire you're you're talking something pretty hefty to protect the home but yes it is something that can be done i don't know anybody who does it but i will tell you where i would check call the power company and talk with them and uh, uh i believe lantana is like my house you're on a co-op and so you can talk with them and they maybe have some recommendations to help you out with that. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 